announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. everybody. This is Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. I'm your host on today's episode of The Hemp Revolution. We are going to be diving into a subject with an entrepreneur who has a passion for something that is very much a passion of mine. Founder of the Hedery, Jeremy Levine, is determined to find natural alternatives to the harmful antidepressants and pharmaceutical drugs that are out there disrupting our communities and completely creating a zombie revolution right now. Very much in alignment with the things that I believe cannabis and hemp are both extremely beneficial for and similar to myself the Hedery is starting with his mission in diluting that epidemic with CBD. Now there's many, many intricacies that go along with pharmaceutical antidepressants, how people are being prescribed or in some cases over-medicated and how society can and is benefiting from the natural solutions that are being introduced by the CBD movement today to share his story and journey of building his brand and business inside of this incredible explosive industry is Mr. Jeremy Levine. What's up, Jeremy? How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. This is definitely a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I'm not sure how much you know about me, but my whole journey started with cannabis as a teenager when I was injured and then overprescribed and overmedicated by my by the medical system, lost tens of thousands of hours and dollars to that rat race of trying to keep myself conscious and aware as a young teenager and by the skin of my teeth made it out. Um, without becoming a statistic. So I'm excited to hear your journey and how this has played a role in your in your life and getting here to the CBD space. So why don't you just take a minute and tell us where you're from, who you are, and what you're up to. Uh, yeah, I'm Jeremy from Canada. Hedery is based in San Francisco, uh, and our hemp comes from Denver, Colorado. Our story as a company uh, is, is, is similar to what you just mentioned and that we're just looking sort of initially for alternatives and just natural alternatives. I'm not a scientist, but the uh, side effects of antidepressants are really widely understood and they're overprescribed. How do we was formulated with people like you in mind? Because what we wanted to do is sort of maintain the benefits of a balanced well-being from morning to night. To do that, we offer full-spectrum, non-psychoactive CBD oil-based formulas. They allow your body to rest in balance. They promote optimal functions using the endocannabinoid system and basically all natural support around the clock with our two products, Good Morning and Snooze. Awesome. So how did you get involved with 
the CBD movement? Like what is your background and what was the sort of turning point for you that said, I got to get in this? Yeah. So I suppose everyone is different. Um, for me, it's, uh, was an experience with antidepressants, uh, SSRI to be exact, taking those and uh, losing a lot of, uh, sort of functions in my body. I was uh, not able to be sexually active for, you know, six months, uh, even after stopping taking those medications. I was completely reliant on them and I felt like I was sort of a zombie. Now I'm not um, advocating for this to be a substitute in any way, shape or form, more just a support and the way that you can use it. A lot of people do use CBD in their life is to calm them down and give them more clarity and, and things like that are, are sort of small steps to improving your well-being overall, right? Um, yeah. And so I personally sort of, if you're asking me individually, how, how, how do we got started on a personal level? Living in Canada uh, and when I was sort of shown CBD in around 2014. I started actually working in the cannabis space in Canada and then went over to the US to work uh, and sort of bring my vision to life, which is Tetri. Nice. That must have been interesting back in, you said 14, working in the cannabis yeah. space in Canada. Yeah, it was really, you couldn't have ever guessed it would be what it is now, but you would, but the thing is in Canada, you were able to medicinally take cannabis so long as you were able to have a doctor's note for, for, for a very long time so the industry actually sort of began shooting up around that time but still you could have never guessed that it would have been where it is today it was all very sort of tiptoe around what you're doing but you're working for a cause type thing yeah totally I, I mean, I've, I've been on the ground floor of many of emerging industry. I was a part of writing legislation, you know, here in Colorado. I sat with the voluntary committee in the Department of Revenue. And, you know, I'm originally from California, actually Bay Area. So 1996 was a major, major milestone for many of our relatives because I grew up running barefoot through a lot of those gardens that are, you know, now featured in television shows. So um, it's it's pretty remarkable to, to witness the evolution and how quickly we've been able to make this quantum leap into the future. And how old are you? How old are you? I'm 25. You're 25. Okay. 25. So you're 25. You're 10 years younger than me. That's embarrassing to say. Um, so you're really coming in, like this is almost second nature for you. But for us, like just that what, what's happened in the last decade and how the landscape has shifted. Like this is quite literally the fastest growing cash rich industry in the world next to two others, sport gambling and cryptocurrency. And CBD and cannabis are quickly taking center stage as the, the go-to industry for young entrepreneurs like yourself to create a legacy type business. So I, I, what I would like to know from you is you said all of your, you said all of your hemp is coming from Colorado. Did you, are you a fairly fully vertical company? Like, are you producing what you're selling or are you working with a manufacturer who already has ready-made formulations? What was your approach to come in to the industry? Yeah, so because we were working on it in Canada, we were lucky to be introduced to someone who has all the correct certifications. And, and then we were utilizing their facility to grow it. Hence why we're headquartered in San Francisco, but we grow in Denver. It enabled us to have a really pure product uh, and do things that other companies can't do, such as infused terpenes, uh, which we've done and infused specific terpenes uh, for each formula. Uh, anyone who's familiar with your podcast, I'm, I'm sure, would understand the benefits of including terpenes. The specific ones each have different effects. So we sort of went out of our way to make sure our CBD oil isn't just a generic CBD full spectrum oil, 
but uh, each one is, is exactly targeted at how we want the end user to feel. Okay, that's cool. So talk to me a little bit about your, you know, your journey into, is this the first business that you've ever owned? Have you been, were you bit by the entrepreneurial bug as even a younger person? Like, have you worked a job and then you were like, fuck that, I'm getting into running my own business. Like, tell me a little bit about how you decided. I mean, there's a lot of different ways for you to get involved. You could have been a distributor. You could have been a, you know, brand rep being young. You know, a lot of people find advantage in working for someone else to gain that, you know, runway and understand how they're going to build and grow their own organization. But it seems like you dove straight in. Walk me through the decision. Because I had the idea. I mean, it's not as exciting as you might imagine. It really did stem from my personal experience using CBD Mm -hmm. and working in the space. And then just seeing an opportunity to build what I actually wanted to build instead of work with somebody else's vision. But this is, yeah, this is the first business that I've started. And yeah. (laughs) How's it going? Are you living on ramen and oatmeal or are you guys making headway? We're making headway. We're really lucky. Actually, in 2020, they're going to include Henry and Grammy gift bags, uh, hopefully. No way! Yeah, we're just going through the final stages of approval there. And then... um, we were lucky to early on uh, sponsor a McMaster study. We were hoping to provide the CBD for that study, but Tilray is fulfilling it. Uh, so we have a lot of a lot of really great steps uh, in the right direction. Generating traffic is 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 sort of the, the biggest part of any business, and then we're also got to figure out in the CBD space the payment methods can be really complicated, uh, and we have a really uh, sort of stringent. A payment processing system. How it does it does go through Shopify, so it's really smooth for the end user. But uh, for the, for the company itself, it's it's been a bit of a pain. Yeah, it's a pain in the fucking. <laughs> it's a pain in the <laughs> <Yeah>. ass. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so marketing and advertising, merchant processing. What are one or two other challenges that you feel like may contribute to preventing your rapid growth? Because it seems like in relationship building, you guys are really super strong. And then there's some of the areas that perhaps direct to consumer are preventing you from being able to go as quickly as you'd like or may have the skill sets to. Yeah, I mean, to be general, you could say we, uh, as, as a bootstrapped company, have trouble competing uh, in getting into a lot of these spaces and sponsoring a lot of these events that other people might. Um, we just are lucky to have good relationships and a, and a loyal customer base. But I think if you were to start a business in this, this area now, it might feel sort of, it might feel like the world's at your feet. However, uh, it, it is extremely competitive um, and you can't, uh, you can't really run ads to, to get ahead unless you're doing a topical. Uh, if you're doing sort of a, a consumable CBD, you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks from the bank to getting people, you know, to even click on your site. There's, and then also just a, a ton of really motivated other people out there who, who are, who are part of the movement. So there's a, there's a lot of challenges like any business. I mean, but it, it's so long as you believe in what you're building, I imagine you can get through any of them. Yeah, totally. And having the right team around you and right partnership alliances really helps to bridge a lot of the gaps. That's been huge for me is really creating that network and and support system around me to fill in the areas that perhaps I'm not so strong at. So what are some like key team, how many team members are you working with right now? Just about four or five. Nice. uh, it'll, It'll fluctuate depending on what we need done. Yeah. Nice. And then you're to give me an example of a strategic partnership that is like just taking you from 
where you were to that next phase of growth that would allow you to take advantage of some of these other more exciting opportunities? I don't know if we've ever had one big moment. I think it's been a lot of individual purchases and referrals from friends. Uh, and we have a couple of podcasts that we went on, but nothing's really, nothing's really done that where it's like one day you turn it on and there's, you know, a hundred sales. There's, there's no, there's not been any moment for that for us anyway. So I, I can't speak to that. Yeah. You know, I think actually, I think that that's a really good answer because um, you know, some people will answer that question in the sense they'll be like, oh, well, when I met, met this person and they broadcasted me to their network and then all of a sudden, you know, we were on the map. But I think you're absolutely right. The grassroots movement of, you know, one sale at a one sale at a time, one person at a time, one story at a time really, really helps to build character for both the entrepreneur and the brand itself. And seeing that organic growth and you know that it's a results based and not money based. So I love how you acknowledge, you know, your customers, your loyal followers for being a part of your growth and expansion. What's your vision for the company? I mean, young, sprightly entrepreneur, you're in like the tech mecca of the world, you know, being right there near Palo Alto and in San Francisco. Is that where you live now? Yeah, I'm a pretty nomadic, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, that's where the company's headquartered, yeah. Yeah, cool. So growing up in that area, I know that there's like a ton of really cool things, really, really inspirational people to be around and to model after being the founder of your company, where, what, what's your vision to create in this business? To be, to be full with you, I think to be an entrepreneur, you can't look around too much because when you start looking around, you sort of trip over your own feet in a way. But to an extent, you do need to look around for inspiration as well. Like in the early stages, we were looking at Dosis and what they'd built and obviously Charlotte's Web and all these other companies and sort of figuring out consumption methods and ways in which it could be. Well, I, I suppose what I'm saying is we're not looking around too much at other companies. We're not trying to blow, blow it up like that. We're just sort of trying to have a consistent, dedicated community. Uh, and in the future, we want to bring them more variables of sort of uh, Stress, relief, stress relieving natural supplements. I, hopefully those include CBD, but uh, surely, you know, as the line expands, it would just be more for the everyday person who wants to live a more balanced life. What pisses you off most as an entrepreneur in this industry? Like what, what like gets you up in the morning and you're just like, oh fuck. And then like puts you, puts you on your trail to make you work harder and faster towards the end goal. Good question. I'll give you an example. I get up every day. Let me give you an example of this because, you know, it's tough to pick one thing. I've been in this industry for 35 years. I have literally watched every good, bad, and ugly situation transpire here. People going to jail for some bullshit, you know, grandmothers being arrested at Disneyland, all kinds of stuff like this. And for me, the thing that pisses me off the most is the lack of education and information that's available to consumers to be able to make informed, educated decisions about how they want to treat themselves, people they love, conditions they may be suffering from. And really careful not to use the word treat because really the biggest benefit that you're going to see with CBD is the elimination of symptoms that you would otherwise complain about. Um, whereas if you're taking a narcotic or a barbiturate or something like that, you're going to noticeably feel the medicine in your body. Um, whereas as you're with CBD, as your body becomes in a more balanced 
you know, it's not such a big factor, but that's a huge part of my mission is knowing that there are families, communities, um, you know, districts, regions, states in our country right now, parts of the world that just absolutely have no clue. We, but generation to generation have been taught to listen to our doctors and follow the rules and do all of this stuff. When in fact, there's so many innovative, futuristic, and, and yet at the very same time, ancient methods of self-care that I feel like it's my obligation, having personally experienced it, it's my obligation to, you know, make one more video or, you know, make one more post or share one more story so that people can be informed and they will, you know, have the opportunity to take matters into their own hands because uh, it's just sad to see what are ha what's happening, you know, with this, I, I guess, degradation of the medical system that we have believed in for so long. So that's my, like, that's my thing that I get up for every day that I'm just like, fuck you guys. And I'm going to do my thing. Um, but I'm always interested to find out like, what's the passion? What's the purpose that keeps you, you know, going back to work, even after your merchant solutions fallen down, or you can't get an ad approved or whatever it is. Like there's plenty of reasons to quit, but there's one big reason to keep going. And I, I'm just curious to know what that is for you. One big reason to keep going is, is, is the purpose that we started with, which is giving natural solutions that balance your life. I mean, it's been so beneficial for my life, but the ability to sort of build a community around it is really appealing. But to speak to your not enough information point, in the early stages of the business, that's why we decided to go to McMaster, for example, because there was this big feeling amongst people, you know, that we were not funding cannabis research because cannabis was so widely available, as in you can't patent it. So there was research not being paid for because obviously no one can patent the effects afterwards. And then also given the scheduling of the drugs, now with decriminalization in all these different countries and legalization and all these things, we're seeing the ability of governments to put funding towards and to allow testing of these different cannabinoids, of which there are hundreds. Uh, we often just talk about THC, CBD, but the capacity for the other cannabinoids that we're not talking about to make a big difference in people's lives is just completely untapped. And now we're starting to see more research come out. It's been a short amount of time. So I have a lot of optimism in that respect. Love it and completely agree. We were just on, I was just talking to another one, the Cannabis Innovators here in Colorado, and we were discussing the power of CBG and a lot of like the THCA and the CBN and, you know, like all of these other cannabinoids that are starting to be researched and brought out into the marketplace. And it's just remarkable to see that like CBG, something that three years ago, no one would even know existed unless they were a scientist directly related to the discoveries associated with this plant, you wouldn't even know that it was there. And now it's being called like the mother cannabinoid. So there's just so much space and time to grow. How do you see your company fitting into the future of this industry? Do you think that you'll start to make more cannabinoid based or infused products? Or are you really feeling more functional to the cause? Like, will you create anxiety stuff versus day and, and night? How do you see the evolution of your products? It's definitely to do with finding natural supports for everyday life. 
and whatever sort of comes about, uh, if that's other cannabinoids that have similar properties and, and they fit, then, then brilliant. And, and we'll look at them and we'll potentially, you know, integrate them into a line. If it's other things that could also be applicable to that vision, then they're completely within play as well. And right now it's sort of utilizing the movement of CBD and, the, and its abilities to build that community and go from there. What could it mean for your business if you actually do make it into any one of the Grammys bags or like the award ceremony bags? Like what kind of, what is that going to do for your company? That's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's early stages. So I, I, I jumped the gun a bit by mentioning that. But just Well, let's just talk about it in theory. We always got to jump theory, in theory, it's brilliant because you have sort of high-profile people enjoying the product. As a business owner, you hope that one of them latches to it, uh, you know, and enjoys it and reaches out and uh, you can build a relationship with them. And, and ultimately, you can't expect too much from it because they could enjoy it, you know, have it beside their bed, snooze for nighttime, or, or they could be using Good Morning before their yoga, but they're not necessarily running around and telling the world. They're not exactly, as you would call, a power user, but they enjoy the product. So for us, it's, it's nice. It's validating of what, what, what's being built over, over time, but I'm not going to get too ahead of myself on the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to be a big dreamer and you got to go for the big things. Actually, my aunt used to fill the bags for the Grammys and the Oscars. So she was a lot of taking like brand inquiries and putting the, putting all of the bags together and then giving them to the award ceremonies. So I've watched that whole process of elimination happen and I've been the direct beneficiary of the rejected brands, (laughs) (laughs) which by the way, you end up seeing, so in or not in, like you're in because (laughs) the rejected brands end up going to like the, the normal people like me. And we are the ones who are like, have you fucking tried this? this lighter like you got to use that shit the, the flame yeah. is hot the flame <laughs> is hot on this lighter so like we end up being the brand ambassadors and the celebrities are like oh my god thanks so much for my sunglasses and you're just like okay cool you know one of 97 pairs that no one will ever see again so you're in like if you're in the early stages you're winning me amigo because like you have the <laughs> foresight to like go after that in the first place and secondarily like in or not in, you're in because there, it, there's such a concentrated group of people around those types of events that whether the celebrity is using it, which by the way, a lot of celebrities are like super cheap in the sense that like they get everything for free. So they never want to pay for anything, you know? And, yeah, and, and, and you lose some appreciation if you're not paying for it. Yeah. And exactly. You lose appreciation if you're not paying for it. Whereas like, you know, the lowly assistants who are running around there trying to make sure that their champagne glasses are full are like, fuck it all. I'm going to need some of this snooze later on. <laughs> I'm going to need <laughs> yeah. some of this snooze later on. So I say that you're in a, you're in a really great position and good for you for having the foresight of even, you know, pursuing. I think, I think a lot of the challenge that I see with entrepreneurs in this space is that they don't think exponentially. And you really have to have an exponential vision for your company and be willing to risk it all to win it all, you know, and it could be a huge risk to submit your, you know, it could be a huge blow to your ego to submit your brand into something of that caliber and then not be accepted. You're like, 
you know, some people would feel threatened in their ego to say, I'm not good enough. And that's tough to recover from. Well, there's, but, cost, there's cost inherent too, of course. You're, you're donating hundreds of hundreds of products and yeah. I'm paying, you know, for the addition and the people in between. So there's a lot of risks inherent, but that is kind of you say, why, why do you think that these exponential risks are necessary? What is your take there? I think exponential risk is necessary because, you know, I mean, let's just look at the idea of getting into the CBD space as, as an idea, right? This is an exponential risk. It's still, I, I don't care how you cut the cove, like this is still a class one narcotic. It's still part of the cannabis family. There's been legislation that has allowed us to grow as quickly but really all we're doing is laying the pavement so that big business can come in here and fucking roll it on out you know like we're taking the the little people are taking a lot of the hits right now creating the standard we're a self-governing industry and there are people who are you know they're not 25 they're 45 they're in their 50 they're they're 70 years old coming in here cashing in their retirement, their 401ks, taking out second and third mortgages on their house, selling their cars, you know, telling their kids they're, that they're on their own for college, that this is, they're following their lifelong dream. And, and you agree with that. And I agree with it. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And I am, I am one of the few, you know, I'm one of the, let's call it 10% of people who have created exponential growth. But for me, you have to be willing to take the risks that nobody else are willing to take if you want to be, do, and have the things that most other people won't, you know? And I want, I've always been that type of person where I wanted to be somebody that nobody else, you know, was willing to risk themselves to be. I want to be an innovative thinker. I want to be a creative contributor. I want to be a conscientious member of my of my society. And I want to create and be a part of, you know, missions and movements that are bigger than myself. And, you know, if you would have asked me even 10, you know, five or 10 years ago, are you going to be the public face of cannabis? I would have been like, hell no. I'm happy to just tell my friends and family my personal experience. But like, in fact, cannabis saved my life. Like I almost died drowning in the ocean, trying to show off for some hot surfers, you know, taking my hand at surfing. Like I was, a, I was an experienced surfer who injured myself within an inch of my life and literally lost tens of thousands of dollars for my family and tens of thousands of hours watched my mom age 10 years, taking me through my recovery process. And that it was a risk when she, when she told the doctors no and looked for natural alternatives, there was a risk there. She could have lost me to CPS. She could have been arrested for, you know, any one of these things, but we signed into a holistic neurologist who had a beta program with cannabis started to teach me about microdosing, introduced me to my endocannabinoid system, took me down my whole regimen. And nine months later, I had lost a hundred pounds, was off my medications and, you know, was living back to the normal life that I, I once had. And so I had something to say about it. And that sort of took me down my journey. And then again, with the legal system where I had to go toe to toe for my rights to safe access, like I'm talking when you were like, you know, a sophomore in high school, this is the stuff that I was doing, you know, on my own behalf. So 
I've always been a risk taker. I've always been somewhat of a gambler, but I don't make gambles that I don't think I can win. And because I've watched from my infancy, this plant grow in popularity, you know, its experts grow in positioning, the controversy around it all. It reminded me of the Playboy movement when, you know, the sexual revolution was happening. And in the fifties, you couldn't even, you know, get a shot of a nipple, let alone a bush. And now we're looking at like full scale, hardcore, you know, fetish porn at the click of a button that my 13 year old can get access to if I don't put the right blocks on her phone. So for me, it's very similar. Like this is a revolution that is happening. It needs to happen. And I want to be on the forefront and I'm willing to bet it all because I'm going to get it all. And, and very quickly in two years, we've become one of the authority, the authority voices in the space on like how to, when to, and why to for both business owners and consumers. And, you know, sure, it's cost me a lot. It's cost me a lot of money. Some of my kids' friends don't want to associate with me because of my association with cannabis, but my higher purpose and passion keeps me committed to it. It's worth every penny. And some people will walk away from this never making a dollar. And some people will walk away from this leaving legacy wealth for generations to come. For me, it's about the difference that I'm making and creating cannabis reform and, you know, patient safe rights to access and developing education that our medical system will use coming into this future. So that's a long answer to, do I believe in it? Yeah, it's a past answer. I think just, there's just, there's just different uh, aspects of risk, you know, being talked about there. There's the risk of sort of so- socially and the stigma, which is a, one thing. And then there's the risk of sort of putting your whole life on the line to, to join the movement. And then if you're putting the life on the line, then they're doing it. Are you doing it for a cause as, as, as you were, as you mentioned there, or are you doing it, um, you know, not so much for a cause, but because you, you sort of, sort of see the green light on the stock, stock market. And I think, and, and so there's so many different levels of risk that we're discussing here. Uh, and the reason, and just my take in, in short is that I know obviously you know, you've been around a lot longer, you've clearly started a lot of businesses you're mentioning and all these different things, but it, if, if you have the knowledge to take the risk and how you're allocating those funds. So some, I guess what I'm trying to say if someone could spend a million dollars, someone could spend $20,000 and that person with $20,000 could have much more ROI than the person with a million because they actually know how to spend that million. You know what I mean? And so, Calculated and risk so is what you're talking exactly about. Exactly is what I'm trying to say. It, it, you've got to understand what avenues you understand about the business. Maybe you're a manufacturer wants to get into it. Well, then you've got to jump on that side if you're passionate about it. And, and you've got to figure out where you stand if you're going to get into it and what you're good at. Because I, 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 right now, I mean, if, if, if you're just talking about exponential risk for anybody, I would just I'd recommend against it. But if you understand your value in a certain, certain section of the market and where you can sort of add or bring or push forward the movement will then go all in and in your case it's discourse (laughs) yeah well for me i'm like i'm just a i'm just a junkie for a good conversation and a bad argument you know (laughs) so i'm like (laughs) any opportunity i have for a great conversation but you know i i absolutely 100 percent agree you have to make calculated risk and what i love about what you just said was to sum it up being in flow 
being in flow with your natural talents and skill sets and understanding how to leverage them to gain the most traction and momentum in the business or movement that you're creating. Maybe perhaps for those of you guys who are listening, maybe you don't want to have a business. Maybe you just want to be a part of the movement and just understanding what your unique skill sets are. I say that there's three ways to participate in the space. You either have an existing business that you want to connect CBD to. Maybe you're an accountant or a plumber or an HVAC person or a contractor. You can apply your skill sets to a cash rich industry and start to benefit from the green rush. If you have existing skill sets, you can, or um, if you, you know, have existing skill sets, but have no idea, like there's a lot of education that you can go out there and pick your avenue to get involved, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or an ambassador. And then finally, there's tons of ways for you to develop new skill sets to, to join this space. And it's all about being in flow with the universe, which is, I think, exactly what you're saying is like, how do you leverage the things that are most natural to you um, to, to gain momentum? You've got to check out this book, The Millionaire Master Plan. I've literally recommended it on like the last nine episodes. But I'll add it to my Amazon wish list too. Dude, am, add it on there. Roger James Hamilton will change your life as far as like how he's taken like 5,000 years from the I Ching and Eastern philosophy and paired it with modern day business building and introduces the idea of how to leverage the power of the universe and your unique skill sets to grow exponential business and impact. And it is like, it's such a powerful yeah. tool. Amazon is not enamored with it. I'm just looking now, but I will take your word on it and I will read it. <laughs> Well, he's most famous in like Asia, Australia, Africa. That's where a lot of his stuff is coming from. And he's just breaking into the U.S. market. He's badass. Uh, yeah, he's badass. You'll like, you'll love it. Who are some of the people that you take inspiration from? Like when you look at yourself as an entrepreneur, you know, some people are love Steve's jobs. Some people love Jeff Bezos. Some, you know, love Gandhi, like who are some people that you would say are idols of yours that you have studied and try to implement some, some of their things into the way that you are building your business? Uh, this answer will not be interesting either. Um, I've asked myself that question a lot. I actually don't have an answer. Obviously, subconsciously, I consume a lot of like, inspiration from different people and read a lot of different books. But what are some of your favorite reads? Oh, uh, my gosh. Uh, I, it's, uh, <laughs> this, this would be entire conversation. One book that I, 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 I'll tell you a book I didn't like recently was Zero to One. Oh, okay. Have you read okay. that one? I have not read it, but I, I've heard mixed reviews about it. I'm, I'm like a personal development junkie. I'm like, I'm all into the, I read crazy woo woo stuff all the time. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, all right. But yeah, I got, on the inspiration question, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure one person. To Dude, you're a solopreneur. Like, I, I ask these kinds of questions to folks and they're like, oh, well, I love this person. And I love that person. And I really hope to build my company like this. What I love about you is that you're like, you have such this air of confidence around what you're doing and how you're doing it. And it's like so genuine and organic. Like, I fucking believe you right now. Like I believe that you're going to be sitting on like, 
you know, CNN one day and being like, I don't know. I was just like there and it was organic growth. And then I was at the Grammys and, you know, now we're here. And like, I'm, I'm going to believe you. It's just like when Steve Jobs came up with the Apple name, he was at a stoplight and he's like, what should we call this thing on the way to the freaking pitch? He's like, well, let's call it Apple. And when it sucks, like we'll change it. Like, it's just so nonchalant that I believe you, like you're going to be really successful. I can't, I'm going to be, I'm going back into my stalker mode or I'm going to be watching your growth. What are three key? Very kind. Thank you. You're welcome. What are three key pieces of advice that you could offer somebody who is considering getting into this space or is already into this space? What are little pieces of advice or key wisdom points that you could share with them? First thing would be just um, if you want to do something, just start. Um, you'll like hit barriers, but if you wanted to start it and the reason you want to start is good enough, you'll get those barriers. Um, number two, if you're in the business, um, try alternative marketing methods the best stuff no one's talking about. So, you know, try and figure out what that is. And you're, you, you, I'm, you're unlikely to read it because if it's that good, you're not going to be reading about it. Um, but there's so many different channels that are coming up constantly that different demographics are using and utilizing, switching between from old to young. And uh, if you're able to sort of make your mark on those and find ways in which you can, especially in an industry where you can't do paid advertising, uh, everything else now is much greater value. That's just two. As a third would be uh, probably to your last point, uh, the point we talked about before, just know your strength and, um, and let those sort of guide whatever you, whatever you pursue. Otherwise you might end up deep um, into something that uh, you, you don't know what you don't know. Man, I couldn't say it better myself. You don't know what you don't know. And that's why I am such a big advocate for education and information and creating that connection and, and network. You know, do your best to maintain your individuality. I guess my key pieces for today's episode would be do your best to maintain your individuality while modeling the success of the people who have done it well before you. There is history always repeats itself. And when you can identify the trends that have happened in the past, it's easy to predict the future and then prepare yourself for what's coming down the line. Secondarily is the methods that are not being talked about are actually that are actually working in the CBD and cannabis advertising space has everything to do with how you are story selling and building your community. So which channel you select almost doesn't matter as much as the clarity on who you're serving and the message that's going to connect with that marketplace and how you position yourself as an expert in this field. The more exposure that you can gain, there's no such thing as bad press, but the more exposure that you can gain for yourself as a brand and your business as a brand, the better off you're going to be. And then fi finally is maintain your individuality and authenticity. People can smell a fake from a, from a million miles away. And, you know, being genuine, vulnerable, and authentic. People don't buy products anymore. They buy people. So getting really, really committed to your story, your passion, your purpose, your mission, and the movement that you're creating, your brands become secondary and a vehicle for, way, for a way to people to, for people to participate in the bigger picture. Everyone wants to buy into the bigger picture. Where, where are we on our way to? Is this the bus or plane that I want to get onto? And the group of people that I want to be on that bus or plane with, people join communities that have a passion, a purpose, are on their way someplace, and they will buy whatever you put in front of them if they think it is the support of the bigger picture. So that's my two cents for the day. Any final words before we end today's episode? 
I loved your two cents and I really enjoyed the interview. I meant a lot that you've had us on. Uh, let's stay in touch, Sonia. And thank you so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. And for all of you guys who are listening, if you are budding or existing entrepreneurs in this space, go ahead and check us out on theemeraldcircle.com for resources, relationships, tools, and tricks, and more amazing interviews just like today. Um, if you are a consumer and you are looking for products that can make a difference in your life, where can they find you? You can find them on headry.com. That's head, like H-E-A-D-E-R-Y. Dot com. Uh, we have good morning and snooze for morning tonight supported well-being. Amazing. And you can also check out medicalsecrets.com for more patient stories that are that um, are sharing their incredible transformations from using products just like the ones you saw in today's episode. I'm your host, Sonia. Love you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Hemp Revolution. Bye for now. <laughs>